Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back if you're a regular listener. My name is Sandy and I am your host. And this is an exciting one. I've been wanting to get Elliot on the podcast for quite a while now. Um, I've known Elliot for for a while, he's a good friend of mine. Um, And how do I begin to describe what Elliot is? First of all, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, and as he goes into quite quickly and you know tells in his history um he's not a, a shady amazon seller he's done everything from uh, starting off building apps to then creating several successful e-commerce amazon businesses um and now running his own kind of parody golf brand um but learning all the lessons along the way and also working in consulting hiring people everything he's got so much experience in the kind of business world i suppose and the term entrepreneur has a lot of weight to it these days. Um, you know, every podcast is interviewing entrepreneurs, and it's all about who's bought, who created a company and sold it for the most money, and who's done the best. And it's kind of like a badge of honour. Um, but as you know, me and Elliot got into it, it it's not necessarily all about that kind of badge of honour. It's a lot more about being in the trenches and and getting shit done and finding things difficult and being nervous and anxious and how to deal with that. Um, and that was a big thing that me and Elliot discussed. We talked about obviously his history and you know how how he started out from from quitting his what some may call like a dream job working out in Singapore, and how you know miserable he was to then you know creating an app, learning a load of lessons on that to, to what he does now, running his Amazon businesses and and his golf brand. Um, talking about his relationship with alcohol, how that's changed over the years, and how it it's now not a dependency and and a way to keep happy after a long day. Um, talk about the mindset of an entrepreneur and and the, where the drive comes from. You know, is are you driven by money? Are you driven by ego? That's a word we've got to talk about. Um, driven by wanting to be successful. And sometimes there are, you know, you, you do, it doesn't have to all be sinister and nefarious. You know, sometimes it is. You genuinely have a passion for for building things and trying to be productive. You know, one one big thing that Elliot talked about was this idea of people selling how to do it rather than what the actual thing is. And, you know, if you do this, then you can go and live on a beach and do nothing forever. Something he said is everyone that has the capability and determination to build a business and become an entrepreneur, once they get to that beach and they sit there, they're going to be miserable. And that's essentially what Elliot's done. You know, he's got to the point where he could just go and play golf every day. And, you know, he goes and does that and then he's like, I'm miserable. And and that's not actually what it's all about. Um, A bit of a different conversation. Definitely a lot of mental health chat going on, but just a really interesting peek into what this world is like um, as an entrepreneur. Um, I'd be foolish not to mention um, Stephen Bartlett as well and, and all the stuff that's happened around him. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff's come out about people thinking that he's perhaps not been quite as truthful uh, about his journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Obviously, El- Elliot is in that echo chamber of entrepreneurs, you know, on Twitter and things. So he he, he knows, knows what's going on about that. So it was interesting to find out about that. You know, we obviously talked about entrepreneurs using that side of it, you know, a personal brand to build a personal brand and, um, and, and kind of the positive and negatives of that. Um, a really interesting conversation. I had a great time. Obviously, Elliot's a close friend of mine, so it's always good to have a friend on the podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And I've been talking for far too long. Let's get on with the episode. Uh, 
Elliot, we have been talking about this for a very long time. And whilst whilst we're not together in the physical sense, I'm very glad you're here. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the podcast, for coming to the lounge, mate. Sandy, thank you very much for having me. I mean, it's been amazing to see the podcast start to take really take shape. I remember listening to one of the first the first few um, when we first met around that time about th- three years ago in, in Vasiliki and I remember the the tinny sounds and the sort of the the cr- cranky microphones and then suddenly I can I, I listened to an episode the other day and the quality is amazing so I'm so excited for, you, for this and uh, and where it's going for you. No oh, thank you mate I really appreciate that and I've got to say I've, I've kind of started this thing now um, where I like to, st- and I feel bad for saying, explaining it now, but I like to start the episode with a compliment now. So I've got this thing where I think men, men especially need to say nice things to each other a little bit more. And I've got to thank you. And and, and Bruce is a regular on the podcast and we met through Bruce, but I kind of got to thank you. And we're going to get into it, you know, talking about the entrepreneurship thing. I met you kind of six or seven months after I sort of quit my job and went into doing my own thing and everything like that. And you have been immensely supportive, whether it's just little, little messages on WhatsApp or, um, just watching what you're doing and I'm like that's pretty smart maybe I should try you know try and adapt some of that so uh yeah thank you for that mate thank you mate you're welcome and, and likewise I think it's definitely r- really important and I think actually when you're I didn't know you that well either when we I remember we first started talking in the middle of the the pandemic almost and Bruce had introduced me to you and he told me about your 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 venture starting in, in the world of social media and we were talking about, okay, what would that look like for you to potentially to come and help me out? And I definitely didn't know what I was doing at the time. It was very like a strange time for my business. And I remember, but I remember just, even though, you know, it was probably a sales conversation where it's like, okay, you're going to try and tell me something. Just It actually just became a like, okay, this isn't, maybe, we're not maybe going to work together, but just really enjoyed helping each other out, talking about various aspects of, the mm. business I remember just being in, in Vasiliki when we, you know after windsurfing the conversations that that particular time is still lives in my yeah. this that's how I remember the pandemic I don't remember it as being like they that that was the time where I just think, think back to you know we had some great conversations I think very um like very directive in terms of like the direction that I've gone in or you know, some of the decisions made based on just whatever happened after a, a, a day on the w- water. Mind you, more of a paddle for me and a winter for you. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, but before we, um, we, we will get into, you know, your history and, you know, so that those of you listening can get to know Elliot a bit more. But while we're on that subject, in, in your experience, you know, a lot of people say, you know, don't, don't work with your friends and don't kind of mix business with pleasure and things. And, what's has that been what's that experience been like for you you know over the years and, and your many things have you found working with friends to be a positive experience or do you like to kind of keep that separate it's a it's a good question because I for me personally I I prefer to help mates out without charging them that's just my preference because I believe in that whatever comes around will come around so if I've been um you know introduce someone maybe a a friend of like a friend or someone even from a distance I just think that I would rather help them out with something and just give them something that that that's gonna um at least 
take take them in the right direction and as tends to be it's also it just naturally is quite hard to give a bill to your mates like it just is hard like and it and it does um it puts like a strange like power balance on a relationship in a way I'm not I can't quite explain it but it's almost like if you Yeah, it, it like and and also and, and naturally you're always going to uh, as so as the consumer of of say for example I'm paying someone to do something for me I'm going to always get more out of them you're probably more going to get more out of them as a mate because they're not charging you as much as they should do and actually what it can do is it can create quite a stressful environment but if you're definitely the service provider because I remember um, during the pandemic I actually um, had you know so someone who's not not like a massively close friend from school um needed some help with amazon and it just got out of control a little bit but never ha- had a had a bill and it stressed me out but i wanted to help and so it was a bit of a where do, where do you draw the line and so my my policy now is like i think generally i don't i can't remember specific examples this i might be completely being a hypocrite and i may have put bills out to mates for stuff in which case i'm sorry but generally i try to help people out and 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 potentially you know if they're able to give something in return so say it's like a you know help someone out who can you know give me some advice on property because i know nothing about that but i can help them do xyz or they it just i think it just works better like that if you you know you give something you get something back at some point yeah exactly i think yeah anything that introduces a transactional nature to a friendship can always be slightly dangerous can't it because then it's turns well i i did this for you that one time and you know you pay but you know it, it yeah it can just muddy the waters a little bit um i've and that's it that's interesting that you said that because i've it's something i've kind of tried to veer from a little bit and like you said it's very much if someone wants help i'm like cool yeah I'll, you know i can offer advice or, or things like that but yeah you know entering as soon as a transaction has taken place you're like right well now now there's a duty on on one side or the other you know Um, i think it definitely also comes down to your your position your your, whether you can help like it's sometimes if you know if you're really getting started getting started and you gen and and it's you you know you need a you need to invest your time in a real client then it's just it's better just to say no I can't help as opposed to but if you're in a position where you can and a quick five minute phone call could be worth hundreds to someone as opposed to you know because it could save them from going down a rabbit hole and I think of it like that rather than say look I recommend you do this and if they go ahead and do it that's absolutely fine but ultimately yeah I think I think that's the best way to be yeah nice and with with that in mind then take us take us through where you're uh, kind of journey with I mean it's such a cringy word and we're going to talk about it so much over this it's the whole point of this podcast but you know take us through your start with entrepreneurship and and how you got into it and everything like you very briefly mentioned Amazon which I know is a big part of what you do um, but mm. yeah get 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 into that a little bit and, and explain how how this all started for you <laughs> so I guess l- long story short I I'm, I'm, an, I'm an aerospace engineer and that's what I studied at uni that's what I did and that's what I eventually went on to do. I went to work for Rolls-Royce on a graduate management program and I absolutely hated it. 
I didn't hate so much the lifestyle that it gave me, especially when because I was living out in Singapore for a considerable amount of that. And that was an amazing placement. I was 23 years old. I felt like life was great. I was being paid well to be there, and, you know, in Singapore. Life was great. Um, but I just hated the day job. And actually, I, I now sort of forget I, to the point where I forget now about what the days look like because I had such great memories from Singapore. But actually, sometimes my mom actually reminds me, she's like, do you remember how stressed and miserable you were in Singapore I was like no 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 no. that was the happiest time of my life because I just loved it out there but actually I do remember that I hated the work and um I desperately desperately wanted to leave and I desperately wanted to do something um a a friend of mine was starting a a software business um an app which was basically imagine find my friends and WhatsApp glued together um, just a, a, a much worse version of, of both <laughs> and um, we, we we had a crack at that for um, most of it was uh, 2015 and um, and it and it didn't work out ultimately um, and despite going through this kind of like semi went through this kind of like um, bootstrap startup experience we had um like seven of us at one point in in a in a two-bedroom flat in oxford doing various programming and using it as an office it was like incredibly exciting time but ultimately it didn't lead to anything but a lot of experience we spent a bit of time in california we did the whole like try and go to stanford and market products giving out donuts to get people to download in hindsight it was totally mad um but incredibly good fun and like great experience to look back on because you can just be like what the hell were we doing um but yeah ultimately it didn't work out didn't really know what I think ultimately we didn't really know what we were trying to achieve and that basically we just want I think at the time just wanted to be in this software world in this this world where everyone was raising lots of money and it was all very exciting it's very glamorous and big valuations and oh we're gonna raise money and it's just like but for what like what were we doing and and I and I actually really struggled after that I, I it took me um it took me about six months I think to to recover and from the essentially shutting it down and I and I didn't know what I want to do I'd moved home I was pretty wasn't really doing much to be honest with you I was desperately looking for something to do um, applying for jobs but I just didn't really have like good enough experience to go into what I was thinking of doing and um, eventually started consulting for a company down in my hometown in Limington uh, for about did about well ultimately did a six-month contract there um, maybe a bit longer more like yeah had, had, a, had a six-month contract extended it a little bit and then went into, um, and then towards the end, I realized that it just wasn't, it wasn't working out. And, and we, yeah, I, I, I kind of knew, I was like, shit, I'm going to get, I'm not going to be able to renew this contract. I also didn't really enjoy it, to be honest with you. Um, but it was, it was something to keep me going. And that's when I sort of discovered this world of e-commerce. I had, I had a, a month, um, a month off in between jobs and, I was like, right, I'm going to start an online business. Something, I'm going to do something. And um, I found what was, uh, I, I remember finding this software called Terra Peak, which basically would tell you 
data around what was selling on eBay. And I'd sort of discovered a little bit about what this sort of world of selling on eBay. Yeah. And I was like, and it turned out that balloons of all things had the highest sell-through rate of any product. So any product list, it was like a 98% sell-through rate of any listing with balloons. And I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. I had seen these um, balloons with like rude phrases on. I was like, I could do a bit better than that. These are rubbish phrases. And uh, and then I start, so I started, I basically was found a manufacturer in China um, who would make balloons. I ordered 120,000 of these things, all with different phrases on, and literally had a pallet delivered to my house with just black, black and white rubber balloons in. And um, I didn't know what to do with them. And I had to literally, I was like, I had to, I was like shit, we need to bag these up. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, had people bagging these balloons up and uh and putting them into like little pouches that we could like essentially sell on ebay and i was sending them in a in a uh in a in a um in just like a little poly bag actually and then i was putting them in an envelope and i called the business named it after a very famous card game um cards against humanity i'd actually called the called it balloons against humanity and um i can remember within about two weeks i i had a, a cease and desist order from Cards oh, really? Against Humanity <laughs> saying you need to stop and at that point I remember shitting myself and being like I, I just can't do this anymore this can't do this entrepreneurship thing and uh yeah nearly gave up doing it but basically long story short like rebranded it and um ran this little business uh selling selling novelty balloons whilst I actually started a new job in London was repacking them um, in the evening and then posting them through the letterbox in the morning on the way to work and 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 yeah and eventually that that kind of snow that sort of got going I sort of discovered this world of fulfillment by Amazon where you could just you know Amazon ultimately does does the fulfillment for you you have to obviously purchase the product market the product but ultimately all the back end service is done um, and I very slowly gently learned all around about that and started to, and then basically a year later. Um, at the start of 2018, I, I quit my job to actually do it full time and start trying to launch launch new products. And then the rest the rest is kind of history. Um, since then, there've been some blips, but um, yeah, that's basically how how I how I got into it. A cool, I don't know. I think it's cool. How one thing I've, I always want to know, and I'm sure people listening are also curious, where because that's quite a strange thing to do. What, you, what you, everything you've done most people you know they get the job in singapore out of uni in the job in you know in this in this industry that they studied in everything like that you, you most of the time you'd be sat there and you're like sweet landed on my feet there we go you know you hear all these people about they have to go into intern unpaid internships after uni in london and they're making nothing mm. and then they start a job in this and you know you saying you got this it it's so weird to then I'm never going to say like, oh, you shouldn't have done it or anything like that because you don't know. And and what was really interesting is you saying you think of that as the happiest time of your life. But then you look back the actual day to day. You know, I think it's mm. very easy to look back on memories and kind of almost put them through rose tinted glasses a little bit and go, oh, well, I was in, I was in Singapore. Therefore, I was having a wonderful time because I was in Singapore, mm. you know, and I was being paid well, whatever. But actually, often sometimes I think it's important to look back and like you said, you know, go day to day and go, actually, I, I didn't actually have that much fun. Where does the yeah? Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, go, carry, go, go. Carry. Yeah, um, no. I was just going to say, like, and also the 
that time actually when I really look back on it and scrutinize it, I was like, I would you know do whatever I could to not go to work. I remember I used to like I would this sounds just ridiculous, but I would remember I would, I would often take like take a sick day and actually be flying to Thailand <laughs> or something like that. And the, the, it was I've actually I've got this I found this quite funny screenshot in in my phone where I've like sent an email to to my to my boss being like oh Arthur really sorry I'm not going to make it today and it's actually like I'm actually sat on a plane um <laughs> look out the window on my way to Thailand and there was just lots of and actually when I really look back at it like I was you know it's a time when I was boozing like more than ever it would it was so intense like Wednesday through Sunday like great fun just so crazy um but so it almost blurred any kind of productive work. I can't say I completed anything in the time. Yeah, it was crazy. I think that's that's definitely a large part of it. Um, and did you find what once you started doing your own thing? You know, from from buying the balloons to to doing you know uh, toilet roll to exploding golf balls, all these kind of things that you you kind of sell um, on Amazon. Do you do you find now that you're doing your own thing? You, you perhaps turn a bit less to and obviously you're older as well so that makes a difference but have you found you turn less to things like alcohol and stuff like that because you maybe don't feel like you need to get that release because that's something i've i've found you know i was even even like just working in water sport you know i'm, mm. I'm pretty pleased to say I, I don't really have that thing where you know people finish a work day and they go oh, i'm dying for a pint like i don't have that feeling anymore I've, i haven't had that feeling mm. for like three years i never get to the end of the day and i go oh, i need a pint so many people do get to that do you and and obviously i imagine you know what you do is far higher higher stress and everything than, than me um do, do you ever is that is that something that you perhaps relate to definitely i definitely used to look forward to drinking a lot right. i used to get so excited for it and now i i think i actually actively avoid it and and i think it is because i do just get a lot more enjoyment out of doing stuff like the data just using my days i i mean look i'm obviously north of 30 it really starts to hurt and i i just i just i hate the feeling of bit of being hung over i you know i remember i was going the other week i was going for um sunday roast for my 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 mom and it was like it was like five o'clock and she had arrived at like five minutes early and that was really annoying because I was actually still feeling like shit and in bed at half four on a Sunday afternoon and um yeah I just really don't I to be honest I just don't enjoy it that more as much I don't but I also I I, I don't have the same feeling like to go out and get absolutely fucked but as like an offset for stress or anything like that I, t I actually get more I get more relief for stress through other things yeah Absolutely. I think I think I've found that. And I, I think that's a general society thing that's happening as well, you know, with all this sort of talk of wellness and, and mental health and, and everything like that. I think, you know, people are drinking far, far less and they are turning to other avenues of, yeah, like you said, off, offsetting stress. Um, yeah, it's it's I, yeah, I think there's definitely still a time and a place for like a blowout. You know, I think there's definitely a balance to be had. I'm not saying we all need to go sober and things like that, but I think it. Yeah, I think I think it is a good thing. And then, as you said, as you get older, it does. Yeah, it does start to to hurt a bit I mean, more. Now, now, like specifically at the moment, I'm I, I'm trying to avoid drinking purely because I I I think I told you I've got this back injury, so I haven't been able to. I used to absolutely love for me, 
I, I loved gymming. I loved the CrossFit. I used to train all the time, um, probably a little bit too much, and which is the reason why I'm in this position. But, um, you know, for the last year, majority of the last year, I haven't been able to train CrossFit. Right. And that has, and whilst I had a great fun year last year of doing lots of, you know, had lots of weddings abroad, loads of stag do's, loads of travel, it was amazing. Um, this now I'm, I've got to the point where I actually realize I, like, I don't have this uh, something to, you know, if you go out and have a big weekend and, and, and drink, that's great. But I don't have uh, a, a balance on a, on, on a, on a Monday morning to go and hit the reset button and like, right, I'm going to sweat that one out because I can't train as, as well. And so I basically sort of said to myself, look, I'm going to minimize the boozing because also mentally like the balance of, it, it just feels like in my head, I've got the seesaw where I've got like on one side, I've got like earning, earning it and the other side is like the, the reward and in like I, I used to train CrossFit so I could enjoy enjoy the weekends and enjoy not really having to worry about food or whatever it is now I'm like I don't have that reward that 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 kind of like I'm not earning it in that sense from training really hard and mentally it just it just it hasn't really helped and that, that's the main reason why I'm just sort of no yeah, that's that. That's a really great way of saying it. That was that was exactly how I was I was going to sum it up as well. Is you you find the extremes at either end have kind of started to disappear, and you're finding yourself coming closer to the middle. So you go right, you know, actually, and, and I'm I'm exactly the same. And I, you know, for for me, it's not CrossFit, it's Jiu-Jitsu, but I beat the shit out of myself if I don't go because I'm like, well, that means you know I can't eat or do this and you know anything like that. And that's that for me. I think it's it's a big work in progress mentally for me. Um, do you find? And this is something else that and I'm I'm very interested in with with the whole entrepreneurship thing. As soon as it changes and it's suddenly your name on the door, you know, you you so you've left Singapore and now it's whether whether it's this app you were trying to do or whether it's, you know, what what you do now, how do you go about balancing the feeling like you always need to be being productive and feeling busy and like you always you you know you know, you sat there at seven o'clock at night and you've just eaten dinner and you're like, oh, should we watch a movie? And you're like, no, I should be doing, I should be doing something. Um, how, how do you, how do you balance that? Because I, I don't think any of anyone who ever truly is, you know, self-employed or anything like that, I don't think you ever really find the right answer. I don't think there is a right answer. Um, but yeah, how, how has that journey been for you? Difficult, really difficult. And I found myself, I mean, the re the I, I i i find myself i find it really hard not to do anything on on a, on a weekday and i used to find it I, and i got in during the almost in a, in a way and it's very sadistic i i really used to enjoy locking myself in a room and doing my like work for exams like i actually in a weird sadistic way i was like very good at good at doing that and just getting all the information together and being like right now this exam and when the pandemic came, I was like a lot of, you know, it was, it was shit. Um, but I was like, God, this is the excuse I needed just to go and work really, really hard. And I, and I just thought this is amazing because there's nothing else to do. So the only thing that, that, that this is a perfect time to like really get ahead and, and like, it definitely paid off to, to do that. Um, but when it ended, I, I when the pandemic came to an end and there was other things to do, I was like trying to balance this. There was this life where 
things were starting to happen and it was like I literally couldn't work at the same intensity I was working at before because you know there was stuff happening and I naturally wanted to get involved in those things and so something had to give and that's why um I started winding up doing any of like the consulting work that I was doing because ultimately like it just it was very time consuming I got very obsessed with it I would still be thinking about it really late at night but I actually didn't I was like actually you know what I need I don't necessarily need this right now even though yes it's more I can earn more money but I actually don't need it and it's something I can turn on if I if I do um so and and then in terms of like just that feeling of like I need to, to that feeling I need to work I, I I don't I just I just call it I don't really call it anything but I just sometimes I'll find myself just clicking around for the sake of it just being at my computer being at my desk and actually you do do that I I I technically could be um like sometimes I'm like I've just burnt like three hours I literally could have played golf I literally could have played golf or I could have gone and done something else but I don't I find it really hard to allow myself to go and enjoy those things because it's because there is that feeling of like I should be doing more and you know this needs to be bigger I need to make this more more clear or there's other things and actually it's really it's just really hard it's really really hard to, to, to get right yeah absolutely I think for for me um and the way and and the great thing the the method that I've ended up going down with it has has been reinforced by people I've chatted to and I, I think I spoke about it a couple of episodes ago but a guy I had on the podcast quite a while ago called Timo who is a professional windsurfer but he's also a, an entrepreneur uh businessman has started multiple companies and and things like that and I kind of he also, you know, he'll fly from the UK to Western Australia for three days to do a photo shoot windsurfing and then fly home. And I'm, you know, I kind of spoke to him and he'll fly over the photographer from Windsurf Magazine. He'll do it and he'll get on the cover of Windsurf Magazine for it. And then he'll fly home again, you know, and and, and I sort of said to him, how, how do you find this balance? And he he was very, very almost the opposite of what you've just said. If he was like, whatever I'm doing at that moment, I'm 100 percent into it. So he's like, if I'm working, well, I suppose it's not completely different to you because, you know, I guess he sometimes does take that, like you said, sadistic approach of like, I'm locking myself in. I'm not even looking out the window for the next however long and I'm going to get this done. But then I suppose it's a reward in a way. But for him, it's still kind of work of going actually right for the next few days. I'm driving over to Ireland and I'm going windsurfing for a few days and my phone's not going to be on. I'm not checking emails and I've got a photographer coming with me and this is what I'm doing even though that, you know, that's his passion. That's the thing he loves. But I, I suppose you could say that still work for him, but I, I think ultimately he probably doesn't view it that way. You know, um, it's, and, and, it's and super he, hard. Yeah, it is. And, and also when like in, especially in the world of like e-commerce where you, you know, you can have notifications on every time something sells, which obviously is not very good. It's a bit yeah. like being in a, sort of like in in a casino sometimes but you know it you can especially if you you're on amazon or shopify you know you are literally and especially at peak times christmas i will be checking it every five minutes literally every five minutes and it's so counterproductive it doesn't do anything but it's like an addiction um and so you've got all these things coming at you like notifications and like I've experienced it a few times where suddenly you're getting so many messages and then you you feel like you need to reply to everything there and then like it's very yeah it's hard to disconnect especially when you've got everything just there through your phone 
And now that now that now that you've been doing it for a few years, have you have you kind of set up any any sort of coping mechanisms or you know way ways to kind of tell yourself right I need to stop doing this or or are you kind of still in that still in that battle of trying to trying to figure that out? Um, I think sort of accepting that it everything is set up now and does run steadily on its own, so I can take my hands off and like the 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 um but and 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 it, but in a way i don't i think i i i, gen, I want to be hands-on i think I, i'm naturally wanting to be involved in it so i find it very very difficult to move but i think it's knowing that i can go away and ultimately it's it's you know the business at the moment is just me um and lots of freelancers basically so you have um like you don't you're not it's not like you've got um employees that are, are there that need that need you as well so you can put th put things down um and yeah generally it, it will all be fine four days later if you haven't looked um but yeah i think that's the that's the point as well is actually realizing that there is no right or wrong way to do it and actually if for the sake of your uh i suppose you know mental health if you know for to use the, the broad term but just your your kind of happiness day to day if that means you have to spend you know x amount of time right checking in checking in checking in if that's the system you've put in place that's going to keep you happy then that's the one that works for you you know as i said for, for me i very much go on timo's way of doing things of like right from this time to this time i'm, I'm going to work and i'm all in but then from this time to this time i'm i'm going to train jiu-jitsu or, you know, if we're in if we're in Greece together, I'm like, from this time to this time, I'm going down and I'm going to hang out at the beach. And if it's windy, I'm going windsurfing, you know, and and sure, I, I'm guilty of it as well. Every now and then I'll pick my phone up and I'll dive in and I'm like, oh, before I know it, I'm, I'm doing a bit of work or more unlikely, I'm convincing myself I'm doing work when actually I'm just scrolling Instagram or I'm I'm, you know, doing something that and I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm working. This is important what I'm doing right now. You know, and I think that's what a lot of us do because because it's so readily available. Like you said, it's pinging off every few seconds if you want it to be. It's so readily available and you end up falling into that that trap. But again, there's no right or wrong way. If that's what works for you, then that's that's the best thing to do. You know, I think and for me, I the reason I, I'm always on it like that because I am very addicted to new ideas I'm always like looking for for new things it's a bit of a it's a massive distraction I really enjoy it so whenever I I think I'm kind of almost playing that slot machine quite a lot and I find it really hard to put put down um I'm I'm the kind of person who replies to replies to stuff very quickly yeah. if I get a message I, I always I, I tend to will always try and reply really quickly um and then be like why haven't they replied within a day like what the hell's going on um which is just not great but you know like all these things are something i'm working on and that's why i absolutely love the the windsurfing because it's pretty much one of the few time one of the time like you know if you're in the gym you can have your phone on your side and you can go and check it you know you if you're in any any anything but on the golf course even you know you can put your phone away but you can still check it you can actually be on your phone walking between shots but if you're windsurfing it's just you the wind and the water and it's amazing and it's the one of the few times you actually really or, or you're actually skiing as well if you can those two things are times when you're just like just moving fast 
in space and time, but nothing else really to um, distract you. And it's, it's really nice. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely something to it, you know. These and and coincidentally, those sports you just mentioned are both out in out in kind of nature as well, and they're they're kind of taken far away from it. And it's funny that there are a lot of very highly successful sort of entrepreneur people that are into sports like that. And I guess that that must be the reason why, because it does give them an opportunity, you know, to get out of a high stress situation where everything's beeping at them and things like that, and they can just take it you know take a step back and and do something just for themselves you know whether it's richard branson going kite surfing or you know whoever else going skiing or you know windsurfing things like that you know i think they are it's very important so yeah shout, shout out to windsurfing um something and and like t- tell me tell me to fuck off with this question but also another thing with with entrepreneurship and and the interest is 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 the goal for you, you know, you've said there you're really interested in new ideas and, and, and stuff like that. Is the basis behind it money or is it you're having fun or is it is it a bit of ego as well of like, I want to be successful? You know, where 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 does this drive come from? Because not everybody has it. And that's that's OK. You know, certain people, they're like, I just want to get my get get you know, do get my job, do my job and leave my job at five o'clock and go home and spend time with my family or you know, do, do something that I love doing and things where, where does the drive, that drive come from? And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit there and be stupid and go, yo, of course money doesn't matter. Like if you don't think money matters, you're an idiot. Mm. It doesn't necessarily need to be the drive, but yeah, where, where, where does that drive come from? Yeah. I, I think I, I'm not entirely, sh- I don't really know. And sometimes I question it I, a lot. I don't. I. I. I think it is really cool to be able to do to do your own thing and, and be able to choose what choose being able to do life on your own terms. Um, that is a, a, a great thing. It, it ultimately, like the freedom to to do what you want. Um, what I find really hard with that is that you can you can have freedom is not that fun because it's only fun if everyone else has the same freedom um, and wants and isn't working on something or busy and like you know it's all very well like and it's one of the if i go back to 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 just my business which i've which is the the brutal gifts and the shanker gold like the um that is that runs very much on its own now and and my only my only real job is to bring bring new products to market um and i can do that in cycles i can do that over you know over a few weeks sprints like it can happen but i haven't focused on it for a long time because it was it was there it was running it was doing well i could have been playing golf every day but i just didn't want to um because the idea of doing that wasn't and so even though you've like worked hard to like create the freedom which is so often that used as the selling point in all this bullshit you see on the internet which is like you know imagine being on a beach um and just making like stupid money and you know and you're just free to just chill and barley and do the thing like everyone's out there selling it and it really is appealing to someone who's sat in an office but the reality is is that it's just a bit boring like it's you can't it, it it's it's not that it's not that but well, for some people it might be really great and they might you know certain but the ironic thing is that it takes a very determined person to get to that point and so a determined person is not just going to want to chill 
on once they've done it, they're going to want more. So the whole thing is totally broken because you, someone selling you the idea of freedom, just it just you're always going to want the next thing once you've done once you've completed the first thing and once you've like that's why um, that's why I wanted to set up more things and that's why I set up like that the the flower business for example which ultimately didn't work out but you know it was that yeah I had the freedom but I wanted to, to do more and almost like prove that I could do it it was a bit rogue it was like slightly off the beaten track it was different um I liked that idea of it it was almost like a big challenge like can you actually pull this off and like you know why the hell is Elliot selling flowers suddenly like it's it's really it, it, I think that idea was appealing it wasn't necessarily about it was yeah it was about the creation it, I love the creation I love I love creating things I love making 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 new stuff and that that's what excites me it's not necessarily about look the money is important I want to obviously make money and I definitely want to love to get to the point where you can sell a business but the only thing I'm going to do if I sold a business is go again it's not because I want to sit on a beach like I'm only going to just do it again and I think but it yeah like I say it takes someone very determined to actually set up a business and actually go through the 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 one the, the first two years what, what's the stat like 90 percent fail within their first year or something it's like well it's very easy to give up when you're when it when it's going shit and it probably will go shit for the first two years yeah absolutely that's that's such a good point and and that is unfortunately the dream you know you see all these wanky you know guys promoting drop shipping and this is again why i wanted to talk to you because that essentially kind of is what you do, but you know, they're standing there holding a chow dog in front of a rented Lamborghini in front of their penthouse apartment overlooking Southampton Harbour and talk, you know, wearing a Stone Island jacket and talking about how you can make 90 grand a month. Can you, can you, can you just confirm that that isn't what I do? <laughs> that is not what Elliot does, but you, know, you, you see, you see all these guys doing it and they're promoting this thing. And first of all, it's probably all bullshit and is rented so that you'll get a, you'll essentially, you know, pay for their course and that's what pays for them to be able to rent the Lamborghini that they say that they own. You know, they don't actually do what they say they do. Um, exactly. There's when you... a lot a lot to be said for just, like, there's a lot of people out there who sell how to do the thing but don't do the thing. Yeah. And because there's more money in selling how to do the thing than there is actually doing the thing. The doing the thing requires a lot of investment and and actually and, and pain and sweat. But selling a you know some ultimately selling thin air that ultimately comes down to you to do the work. You can have the best framework course structure in the world, but it doesn't like it's down to you because ultimately what will happen is even so for example said okay here's a course on how to start your own newsletter like that's great cool that amazing but it's only as good as the person not giving up when their first email only gets three opens or whatever it is and then they just give up so it's it's it, it, like the only winner is the person selling the course and they've like and, and like what and the biggest thing that's happening now is you see these people who are selling the process in which they are going through to do the thing. So it's a bit like, oh, like, you know, like people selling 
I, I don't know what a good example is. I just see it, see it all the time, but it's like, I'm a, a classic example. is like a Twitter course, right? How to build, be big on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And these people are big on Twitter because they talk about how to be big on Twitter all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got massive accounts. So that's really appealing to people because they're like, oh, he's got a massive Twitter account. He's he tweets like this and he does this process and then sells the process. There's a guy on LinkedIn and um, Twitter who absolutely everyone loves and he taught he sells this thing called a LinkedIn operating system and it's how and the whole thing is how he went from uh, has a a, a million two million dollar a year one person business and everyone's like, oh wow it's amazing everyone can do it but he's selling content about making content he's not selling content he's not selling a product to you he's selling how to make content and going through the process of making content is what's selling is is the funnel and it's like it's a bit of a mind fuck and it's kind of bullshit because what happens is you get hundreds of people jumping on it and then suddenly all the tweets look the same all the all the linkedin threads look the same and everyone's whacking each other off on the same community like oh great thread right great post and it's just it's this weird thing that happens but ultimately people get sucked into it um i could talk for a long time about this so i need to be careful no absolutely i mean it, it, it's definitely worth saying and it, it you're kind of selling selling people a dream that you know that they're never going to achieve because you haven't achieved it yourself you know and it it, it, it for me i'm like how, how do these people even like the nerve to like sell this and be like this is what you should be doing this is how you build this sales funnel how you get a million followers on instagram and all this mm. and it i mean it annoys me and i'm not i don't consider myself an entrepreneur yeah. you know i don't i don't do anything like that. I'm, I'm very much viewing it for the outside but for you you know you're you are very much within that echo chamber um and you're and, and we actually spoke um before we hit record on the podcast and you you were kind of saying something that you've often felt the pressure of as a an entrepreneur is should you be talking about it a bit more you know should you be doing more on social media and doing all this rather than kind of just doing your work and then going and playing golf or going skiing or coming windsurfing with us you know sh should you be should you be doing that or should you be on on as you say on on linkedin whacking other people off well you know should you be in this sort of cir entrepreneurial circle jerk you know how um yeah, yeah talk, talk, i mean talk to, talk to me about, about that um, a, a little bit more i think that it's that like there's this concepts that a guy called michael lewis talks about um which is about how the expert is generally hard to the actual expert on something is generally hard to find because they're so expert in something they are generally quite quiet they, they they're not able that they're, they're very good at their thing and they're not very good at um marketing themselves the louder the, the best pe the people you see on the internet are the people who are best at marketing themselves they're not the best at the thing and what that does is it suckers you in to believe that that's what you should be doing when and and it's a fine balance right you've got to sell yourself you've, you know if you're a, a service provider or whatever it is you have got you know especially 
you know, it's noisy out there. There's more businesses being created every single day than ever before. And like, it's, you know, it's becoming easier and easier and easier now to start a business. Like there's so many um, tools and software you need. Like it's so easy to get payments from someone on the internet and sell a piece of paper. Like it's very straightforward, I'd say relatively to say 10 years ago. And so it's so much noise and you have like, there's that need to, but um, I'm losing my train of thought here. So bear with me, but like there is, um, you, you see these people who are able to promote themselves a lot, but it suckers you into thinking that that's how you need to behave, that you need to be on uh, podcasts all the time, just talking about business. And what the worst thing is, is like you see someone start a business and within six months they're, they're, they're giving like, selling like founder advice and how to be a founder and like or this you know oh this is this is my you know this is my founder experience like it's good it's look don't get me wrong like it's good to share it um but a lot of the time it's not unique a lot of the time it's not genuine and a lot of the time it's like just very i call it the fortune cookie wisdom um i didn't invent that it's definitely recycled but it's like just sharing that it's it's almost like it's like great but it's what am i going to do that it's like a moment of um like a, just a sudden moment like oh yeah i get it now and then you've forgotten it within five minutes but it was that moment it was the dopamine moment it was like you know that moment that ultimately it doesn't help you fix it doesn't help you build, build your business yeah well it helps you it helps you build something else doesn't it and that 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 I suppose bring, brings us nicely on to, to something actually I spoke about on on sofa sessions, um, and I, I actually meant I mentioned uh, sofa sessions was the episode two episodes ago, um, but interestingly enough I, I mentioned you know what what uh, I mentioned you and I mentioned Stephen Bartlett um, and all the stuff that's come out about him. Um, interesting enough, just before we before we hit record on this, I was listening to his latest episode with uh, Ramesh Ranganathan, the comedian who I love, and it's such a great episode. And I, I feel like I took some, I took myself for a little walk and I was listening to it and it's great. And, mm. you know, St- Stephen's a funny one. I know he's quite a polarizing character. Despite you think that everyone loves him, but actually a lot of people I've spoken to don't seem to like him very much. Um, I think that his podcast is amazing. And for me, it's definitely like, it's like a North Star for me to like aspire to in terms of like the guests, mm. the production value, you know, everything that I imagine he must have a team of at least 10 people behind that podcast, you know, from he's got there's a marketing department i saw an advert for a job the other day it was like a marketing job for the podcast you know there's there's he's no doubt he's got a team behind him but that's not to take anything away from it you know it's like a it's yeah like it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a north of million pound a year operation that. yeah it's it's a it's a good business and like that is and it is a great podcast i i've listened to hours of it mm. um i i think you know some of the guests are phenomenal um I think, you know, a lot of people that I really respect on there, um, the ones I'm not interested, I just don't listen to, but it's, um, yeah. And like, also, yeah, it, it is, but it, it is a content machine. Yeah. But then I've obviously the, the work and weirdly, again, I was messaging a dude last night about it. And sometimes I think the people that don't like him, the worst bits about the podcast and everything like that are when he just tends to incessantly drone on about, founder life and him being a a ceo and him how he managed this and how he rose up from you know everything and again i i don't want to take anything away from the journey I, I don't know the guy i've had people on this podcast who who have been on steven's podcast as well and they were like it was awesome mm. you know, of course it was things like that but 
again, it goes back to like what you said of, you know, or, or you know, you quoting that this other guy, you know, is he an expert if he's, you know, if he was a true expert, would he be doing this or would he be doing another company? Do you know what I mean? It It, it is physically impossible to be involved in that many things unless yeah. you are an alien, a, like AKA Elon Musk. Yeah. What, you know, the, 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 what I, th- I think like what well, I, I get look, the first the first thing like the elephant in rooms obviously like I've been talking about it a lot recently because I found it totally fascinating and I the reason that it came about was because I noticed that one of the, one of the companies that the company that was sold was nowhere near the size of what Stephen Stephen talks about and the reason why I got so into it was because it just nothing added up and the more I looked at it the more it didn't make sense and so I've basically looked at it and I've kind of seen the narrative of what's going on I'm not going to go into the details of what I think is happening but you know ultimately he has built a personal brand from the, the following which is basically he sold a company to say google imagine he sold imagine you imagine you've sold your company to google and then you've said i'm the founder i found i co-founded google and he has built an entire personal brand off off that and basically saying i've built a 600 million dollar business one day it's 300 million the next minute my net worth 60 million the next worth it's whatever and it, it actually doesn't it's not about the money actually um but the point is, is that selling a small business to a big business doesn't necessarily give you the clout to go and write a book about being a happy, sexy millionaire. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, people sell businesses for, you know, 10, 15 million every day. It's it's actually nowadays, it's very common. It's not like, but, but at the same time, he's in the space, he's built, a personal brand that has lent on his business activity um, as a founder, and he's carried that through. Um, I don't know. I don't actually know exactly the the full story. All I all I know is like the, the facts, and I think that yeah, ultimately. But at the end of the day, saying you built a six hundred million dollar business say anyone say you said i built a 600 million dollar business when you hadn't you sold your company to a company that may have become a 600 million dollar business which you left very early on and then going and using that to um build a podcast uh leverage um you know raise money for companies is is not really on um and but then on the other side of the argument it's like well you're an entrepreneur, you know, the game, you know what it's about, you know, it's, you know, you, you're gonna, you've got to be, be a bit ruthless. You've got to take advantage, no such thing as bad PR whatever. But when, when things are genuinely not true, I, I think that's, I think that's a problem. Like it's interesting. I was actually, I had lunch with a, a guy who's um, used to run a, like a, a, a like an online uh, publisher and he and he was saying how he basically for just a joke in an interview said oh and my grandfather in, in, invented um chewing gum and and it basically got published 
in in the, in the press saying that oh this guy is a founder his grandfather invented chewing gum and then it got parroted by another media organization into there so you can see how quickly things that you say spread and so everything is just like very out of control we definitely need to verify information before we start celebrating in the media anyone and and I, and I just I, I do believe in that because ultimately like like we need you need PR to like that PR definitely helps build 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 a build a brand build a business but it has to be true it has to be verified and I think that that's potentially something that's gone been gone wrong here but on the other side we have you know entrepreneurship is a game of like you know you're often going to sell things you don't have sometimes you, like for example say you're starting a business and you wanted to sell televisions or you'd invented this new type of television but look, look no further than like the best example is like the tesla cyber truck right you know that cyber truck didn't exist it was a thing on the stage and then they took what what was it a 10 billion or billion in all they raised a billion dollars in pre-orders just from this thing on the stage mm. and they have to go and deliver it now it's a problem it, it's it, the word begins with F and ends in a D, but it's a problem if they, you know, if you raise that money and then don't deliver. Okay, that's not good. But if you deliver the product that you said you were going to deliver, then it's okay. Um, and and if it's, there's a timeline, so for example, if I decide I want to go and invent the greatest TV in the world, and I've got an idea, but I need to go and raise money for it, but I don't have any money, I can't convince an investor. Then maybe going out and selling the TV, but then promising that it's delivered is is okay as long as I deliver. And that's cool. that's putting your cock on the block and basically saying I'm going to do this. And if if it doesn't work out when it happened, then I'm going to have to face the consequences. But looking at a trailing story and then actually going well. It's a bit like me saying that I sold my app startup that I shut that I was involved with and shut down, and 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 then it's like yeah yeah sold it uh, you know great I actually I actually technically sold my shares in that for a pound and uh, for for a point for for a pint of beer and I remember the pub when we did the transaction it was absolutely hilarious um, but yeah anyway like the 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 idea is that yeah there's there's two there's a very big difference and one of one of those things helps build a personal brand very quickly okay mm. if I, and because people i love money and big numbers and they believe it what filters down from there is the fortune cookie wisdom which you share and it gets followers and it gets attention and it's like this beautiful like emotional thing and then a backstory and then and and it just and it just snowballs from there, and I just I just think it's not not that helpful if I'm honest. But people fall for it, so is what it is. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think one of the reasons why it's perhaps leaving a bad taste in people's mouths is, I think if he was just if it was just business advice, that's one thing. But it's also how to look after your mental health and be happy and stuff like that, and you're like hang on a minute, you, you've got this guy telling you, you know, one of the big things he says, and I think I've said it before, and, and I've had a bit of a rethink recently, but if I was in his shoes, I would never have said it in the first place of, you should put your mental health above everything else. And actually, it's very easy to say if you're the happy, sexy millionaire that you are, but 
everybody else isn't a happy, sexy millionaire. So you putting your mental health first means what? Am, am I going to quit my job and then I've got no money and I can't pay my bills? And before I know it, I'm homeless and can't provide for a family or, you know, anything like that. How, how does that help your mental health at all? You know, and, and the weird thing is I did put my mental health first when I quit my job and it did all turn out, you know, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, I think I perhaps put a bit more thought into it than I give myself credit for now. You know, now it's very easy for me to dismiss it and go, yeah, I quit my job because I had a mental health breakdown. But I'm like, actually, I'd spent like six months talking to a lot of people and spending days at people's businesses and having meetings with other people and, and things like that, you know, so it wasn't like a, I just put my mental health first and everything was fine. I feel like sometimes that's a bit of a dangerous message. And like you said, that is a bit of fortune cookie wisdom that, that people do latch onto. And I wonder sometimes if it's doing more harm than good. Well, yeah, I think, I think it does because people start to believe that that's yeah. what they need to do to be successful. Oh, I need to start posting this. And then suddenly we get an internet full of this shit advice. You know, the, the, the only the only advice is really just go and do the thing and 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 maybe screw it up a few times and learn and just keep moving in a direction like everything else is kind of yeah don't care what anyone thinks and just crack on with it yeah sure that's all like that's at the the, the core but then anything else is like it's really difficult and i i see a lot of you see a lot of posts on now when you know i love it i think it's great when people have built like a really um cool business and they can actually talk about it openly there's a there's a big movement towards this idea of like build in public um build your business in public so talk about so you talk about the revenue even when you get when you're like when you've got your hundred dollars a month coming in yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh i'm really excited so, yeah and it's it's quite nice and refreshing um but what's happened is you get people being like i'm, I'm gonna start building my million pound business a year in public now and then they're like, so they didn't start from that. They've just gone, actually, you know what? People are talking about the revenue a lot. And so they'll just do a post, be like, I've built a seven-figure, multi-million dollar e-commerce business. Here's the 10 steps we took to do it. And it's like, it's really not the 10 steps. The the, the 10 steps is a um is is a is a is a part of it. Okay. The 10 steps is is, is definitely you know important but it's fucking getting up every day and banging your head and feeling like shit and all the things that you, you go through. And there's points when you're going to give up and the point where actually, you know what, you had a bit of luck because you were sat next to someone at an event, you happened to be talking about this thing. And it's those, it's the serendipity that creates the, the turns, you know, you're chasing an opportunity and, and you chase the serendipity that makes it happen. It's not, it's not this process like if you don't if you didn't meet a certain person someone didn't apply to the job the business may never be what it is today and it's just it's luck there is you rolling the dice and you just need to keep moving keep learning and, and keep on keep on trying absolutely i mean i looking at it from my very specific point of view and and, and bringing windsurfing back into it you know for me there's a lot of windsurfing moves that i can't do but i can tell you exactly what they look like and how they're done but i can't do them know i can i can mm. you know for me you know as a, as a commentator on the tour i can watch the best guy in the world do a move that i've never done and i know i i kind of i know how to do the move but i can't do it myself and sometimes i feel like that you know like for me obviously also you know social media people are like here's my five steps to getting your first million followers and and i'm like all you're doing is just writing like good practices of what to do you're not 
like you said, you're not telling us in, in that, even then that's less transparent. You're not, you're not telling us how much money you've spent on ads. You're not telling us, you know, there's no intricacy there. It's literally just word vomit for the sake of getting people to go, oh, I'm going to do that too. You know, and ultimately, as you said, they're probably trying to sell a course, you know. Everyone, everyone wants a shortcut. Everyone wants it now. Um, and, you know, the reality is, is that it's just kind of like accepting that I think that definitely is something that I've began to realise recently. It's like sort of accepting, you know, like, you know what? I don't want to be a celebrity entrepreneur. I, I, you know, I would if fine if people want to write about me at some point in the future because I've done something, then great. Hopefully good things. I don't really want to be pushing, make like being in the media my thing because actually you don't actually realize like how it, like you start to see people's opinions for me actually you don't actually notice it when you're like on twitter or linkedin or stuff with the way people talk about people online you just it sort of goes into the ether but you'll see someone like i don't know, just say an example today like i saw like piers morgan tweeted like so and so is an absolute moron and i was like do you know what? If someone had tweeted that about me because of something I've said just in passing online because I've got this audience and personal band or a video gone viral, I just would feel like shit. Yeah. I would just, it just wouldn't sit well. And so I don't need it. I don't, and, and I've definitely, definitely obviously in the last few days, like sort of realized it having just been very vocal on Twitter, made a bit of noise. Um, and I was like, do you know what? I just don't want to be the, I don't want to be that person. It just doesn't doesn't sit with me, and I'm going. I'm trying to to let all my expectations of what that means deflate, and then just focus my energy on just doing, making things better, making moving forwards, and then hopefully the rest falls out of it. That's it. I think it's it's the age old quote of you know focus on it's all about the journey, not the destination. You know, and I think it's also realizing, I mean, I, this is a problem for me as well, you know, with this podcast and stuff. And weirdly, I had a conversation with my girlfriend like last week about this. I had a real bad week last week, you know, um, with, with work. I'm sending off loads of proposals and I'm really trying to grow. I, I think I'm you know, I'm putting, trying to put my eggs in too many baskets, you know, to quote to quote Lord of the Rings. I felt like not enough butter spread across too much bread. You know, I, I just felt 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 stretched. Um and, you know, I'm suddenly going, do I, do I actually want to do the podcast anymore? For reasons like you said, I'm like, can I be bothered with this online and trying to trying to put this content, trying to get people to engage with it and do this? Should I just focus on my business and just enjoy my life? And then I'm like, or should I turn business down and do this or, you know, this and this? And and now I feel like I've, I've come to quite a nice, you know, happy medium with, with, with what I want to do. Mm. And I imagine, you know, that's a, a similar thing is when you feel like you're being successful in something you these days because of the culture you feel like as soon as you're doing well at something you should be talking about it and trying to become famous at it as well when actually there's nothing wrong mm. there's nothing wrong with just being good at something and getting on with your life and just focusing on what you're doing and just trying to get better at it you don't necessarily need to have a load of eyes on you to to be successful you know yeah and it come, like and then it comes down to like asking yourself so why are you why do you do it because i think there is definitely <laughs> There is definitely uh, outside attraction into being an entrepreneur 
who is on LinkedIn and Twitter yeah. and whatever and talking about it and, you know, being on podcasts and all that bit is quite attractive. But those things should be after the thing, I think. I mean, it's amazing. Look, by all means, if people are going to invite you on things and talk about it, like I find it incredibly awkward to be on a, on a, to be honest, to be on a podcast, especially um, because I just don't, yeah, I don't like, I think I'm in a good place for my business and where I'm focused right now, but I don't feel like I'm like, I'm not like the sort of person who's like had a massive exit and has sold their company. I'm just like actually recently became sort of very accepting of the fact that like, yeah, what I'm doing is where I'm at. It's hard. It's doing well. I'm really pleased with it. And I definitely have some focus, but just kind of accepting that I don't need to be on social media. And in fact, to be honest, my stepdad told me this like six years ago, but he didn't listen. And now I'm actually learning that, like, that, you know, you, you can just, you don't, you don't need to be a celebrity to, to do business. You just need to really understand a problem and know how to fix it. Ultimately, that's it. That's a great, that's a great realization. That's a great realization to come to though. And it must, yeah, it must be, it must be quite cool for you. And I, yeah, not to not to talk about myself too much but i've i'm i'm kind of i feel like i'm going through a similar one you know in the last couple of weeks as well of realizing you know where i actually am and the the kind of next next sort of path to take really you know and and not trying to spread yourself too thin and not not doing it for the sake of it you know i think you you said it just there like what what why am i doing this why am i doing it you know and and figuring out that that destination is is really important um mm. with with that with that in mind then uh before we before we wrap up um it sounds like such a stupid arbitrary question to say but i still think it might might be valuable to anyone listening what you know if people were thinking of starting their own business what in in whatever industry and stuff have what's your it feels feel stupid to say what what is your kind of you know tips or or, or from your experience and actually what, what you said there i should i should circle back to what you said there is is the perfect reason why you're so great to have on this podcast because you're still in the journey and you are coming to that acceptance. If I have a guy on who sold his company for X amount, it's just a guy blowing smoke up his own ass for an hour and me sitting there going, yeah, yeah. But what about this? What about that? You know, there's a, there's an actual valuable conversation that we've had here today of you actually talking about the process and why being in the process is actually the best place to be and realizing that I don't need to be famous on LinkedIn in order to be successful. Um, so with, with all that in mind, what is, what are the are there any kind of final little tidbits of advice that you could give to anyone who is wanting to kind of go on a bit of an entrepreneurship entrepreneurial journey? Look, I think there's a, loads of different ways to skin the cat. It doesn't really. There's so many. There's crazy ways in which people are making money these days, and I think that's amazing. But I also think it's a bit of a problem because it gives you like this sort of like a lot of distractions like oh i could just be doing xyz i think um definitely focus because it's something that i've really struggled with like i really i'm tried to start so many things that just never maybe even never really left my my notes app almost right it's like all these things that i've ideated but never see the light of day so it's just definitely just getting your ideas out there obviously not being fearful of getting copied and all this sort of thing but I think the, the the key thing and I think that resonates with me from a mental 
point of view as well is like you've just got to really care about it for when it goes really shit because when it's really shit if you don't actually like it if you don't actually care about it then you're just gonna go fuck this why am I doing that like it's I think I had that experience with with um Elliot's flowers almost where it was like I'm I think it could have been I still believe that it will be it can be something I still believe there's a lot of value I just wasn't able to see that like when I there was a there was a hot there was a hard route ahead it was hard and I just didn't love it enough to it like to, to to go down that hard route I wasn't like willing to go further so it had like gone it was hard and then when it was going to get really hard I was like actually yeah. no I don't want this because I just didn't I wasn't like I was like I, ju- I just wanted it to happen and I didn't wasn't prepared to go through this little bit and so I think just being able to love it accept it um, know that it's going to take a long time um, enjoy it talk about it openly have fun yeah exactly that's that's pretty pretty sage counsel pretty good advice there um cool if people want to find you i mean we've just talked about how you're not really on social media uh but if people want to do it if people want to if people want to buy themselves some exploding golf balls if people want to you know buy some buy some toilet paper with donald trump's face on it um where where can they where can they do so? And if they do, I mean, so, I know you are, you are actually you are actually increasingly active on Twitter as well. So if people did want to follow you and, and dig into maybe a bit more information about the Stephen Bartlett thing, anything like that, you know, where can people find out? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's at eHawk90 on on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, and if you're into novelty gift merch or into golf then um definitely check out shankergolf.com which is my um golf golf brand essentially um parody golf brand exclusively for bad golfers um and uh, yeah i've got lots of new lots of new products coming out in the next um i guess a couple of months really uh in time for father's day so that's an exciting exciting time so that's the focus at the moment just getting as much out as possible so um yeah and of course, if you if yeah, just send me a message anytime. Yeah, absolutely, um, guys. You can also follow me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Um, if you like what I'm doing, you can go to the link in my bio and you can donate to the podcast. That's right, you can give me your hard earned money. Um, by the time this goes out, hopefully, I should have the merch site live as well. So if you want to support the podcast and rock some organic fresh threads, um, whether it's a t-shirt, jumper, any any sweet bit of merch like that, um, you can also do that um, or. If you're not doing that, obviously, cost of living, strap for cash. If you're not doing that, then you can also just share the podcast on Instagram. Just tell your mates about it. Tell them to give me a follow. Leave me a review on your preferred podcast platform. All of it really helps with what I'm doing. So I'll thank you all in advance for that. Um, thank you very much for Elliot for coming on. Cheers, Elliot. Um, and thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you for the next one.